0: Welcome back to Your Hell Yes Life, the podcast for women who crave more meaning in life and are ready for a change. I'm your host, Zaya B, abstract artist and international change leader. In this episode, you'll hear about the power of movement to transform your life and embrace your authentic self. Nope, dance is not just grooving to a beat. It can be the soul medicine that you deeply desire. What could movement bring into your world? You're just gonna have to tune in and see. My guest is the amazing Sylvie Minot, Five Rhythms Dance Facilitator, founder of the nonprofit organization Syzygy, and overall courageous, visionary person. Sylvie's story is proof that being led by your joy can create an incredible life. This is how she built a thriving dance practice, which supported her financially in the notoriously expensive San Francisco Bay Area. Always drawn to helping others, she created a nonprofit that brings movement to underserved populations. And I know I have danced with her and I have volunteered with her organization. And she is somebody that you want to tune in and get to know. In our conversation, not only did I get to know more about Sylvie's history, her decisions and what drives her, but I also got so many nuggets for life. Just these little things that she dropped in as if they're nothing, and yet they can change everything. So let's jump right into the conversation with Sylvie. Welcome back, your Hell Yes Lifers. I am so excited to be here with you again. This is Ziya B. And I'm here with Sylvie Minot. The type of dance that Sylvie has focused on for a lot of her life is something that I actually found about five or so years ago. And it has literally transformed my life. These are not overstatements. It, it really has changed who I am and how I show up in the world. And so I'm really excited for you to not only hear her story, but to also hear about what dance can do for you and your life. So welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm God. really happy to be here.
0: My pleasure. So I wanted to start going back just a few years to your 20s. I know you went against family expectations to pursue dance at that point, and then it obviously became your career for most of your life, can you talk about what drew you to dance and what made you want to
1: pursue that field? I went to college and then I dropped out. I got an F from my dance appreciation class. So when I went back to school in my late 20s, I decided I didn't want any Fs on my you know, on my transcripts. So I took the class again. And this is where I found that teacher that was so enthusiastic about dance that changed my life that most people think if you're a student you think oh my god f is horrible you don't want that to have an f but that f literally changed my life because that f made me take this class again with somebody else that was and at the right time where I was open to her passion and her enthusiasm and that's how I started taking ballet classes with her she was so in her body so excited talking about dance and I'm, I was one of those people who like dance is fun and you move and you shake your hips, but I don't really have rhythm. I am not flexible. I can't count. So how am I going to be, how, what am I going to do with dance? But she was so excited that it made me want to take one of her classes. And the only thing she taught was ballet. And I'm like, Oh my God, my mom made me do ballet <laughs> when I was five years old and I hated it. I wanted to climb trees. It's like, what am I going to do? But I just had this need to explore what she had to offer. And Believe it or not, ballet changed my life. It 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 made me connect to my body in a way that I didn't think possible. And so I just started taking classes and I was like, oh my God, I'm not just Sylvie from up the head up anymore. It was like, I had this whole other world I could explore. And so by exploring and by taking ballet, modern and different classes, I just integrate more and more of my bo- my my body. And I just felt more at home with my body. I want to reiterate like these things that we think are not good can really change our life and we don't know it in the moment. So I just started living my life that way. I just started really living my life. Yeah, I would do take jobs here and there and for to pay rent, but I was always following like searching for like what makes me happy. That's why I changed. So many majors and tried everything. And so I decided to major in dance at San Jose State. I've always kind of feel like I want to pursue something and I don't know what it is, but I had to trust. So I kept trusting. Growing up in the war, I also made up my own safety. Like I created a world inside myself where I can feel safe in the midst of the war that's happened, that's going on outside so I think I've learned from a young age to find safety inside of myself. And I find that I think to be able to do the things that you want to do, to live a hell yes life, I think we need to find ways to find safety inside ourselves and find resources because there are risks. There, It's not always safe. Like, well, when I quit my job because that job was suppressing me, I had to trust that something else would come, right? So I've always had to find a way. To, I was one of those people who like, I always knew how to ground myself and I knew how to find safety inside of myself. So it allowed me to take risk in a way that other people may go, no, I'm going to stick with the thing that's a little more safe over here. And for me, it was never safe to be under somebody's thumb or obeying the rules. right? So that never felt safe. At the end of my, my degree, I discovered Gabrielle Roth and the five rhythms. And it was like, oh, now I don't even have to count. (laughs) I don't have to follow (laughs) other people's choreography. I could just move the way my body wants to move. And so the combination of like exploring my body in a different way through the choreography and the techniques, the freedom to see how my body wanted expressed was to me was like this, a whole other world got open for me. And so I said, well, I'm going to follow this path now because it's like, I don't need to worry about doing it right, quote unquote. And I just continue. I just started taking five rhythms classes, and I drove an hour and a half from Cupertino to Marin to take to take classes. And I just fell in love with it. I just fell in love with uh, the way movement helped me express myself in ways that um, I could never express myself before. There's so many things that I
0: resonate and that I would love to talk about. That's impressive that you're able to build safety inside yourself, especially at a young age. I mean, I think we develop unhealthy patterns for safety, but we don't really develop true safety usually when we're young. So many of us, I'd say most people in the U.S. have been taught to focus on thinking. And not only that, but the thing that you just focused on that I never really thought about is the rightness. So your hell yes life is about living your yes that there is no right answer out there in the world that we have our own right answer and i never thought about dance in that way and going back to your counting example they'll give you an example of what's right or not right years ago i tried salsa and same thing my rhythm is not good my counting none of it i I was at a salsa club dancing and once i hear music i just want to swing my hips and i was not doing things the way i quote unquote should And so this partner that I was dancing with said, well, maybe you should count. And I said, I am counting. He's (laughs) like, well, maybe you should count correctly. And I thought, well, maybe I should find a new partner. But, you know, there is a right and a wrong. And so I never really thought about that. Maybe that's part of the appeal to me with five rhythms. There is no right and wrong. So we're talking about five rhythms. We haven't talked about what it is yet. So can you just give a brief explanation of what five rhythms is as a practice?
1: Gabrielle Roth, the creator of five rhythms, she talked about the five rhythms being energetic fields inside your body. So the five rhythms are flow, staccato, chaos, lyrical, and stillness. And the idea is that we have all these rhythms inside of us, but we're mostly drawn to one rhythm more than another. So let's say you're someone who is very... Flexible and one. It just can flow to one thing after another and can just go with the flow, that saying. But it's also a rhythm that's very grounded. It starts from your feet and you go into staccato where it's a little bit more, the, it's the rhythm of the heart. It's the beat, the heartbeat, and it's about expression. Chaos is the combination of the two. Being able to have clarity and fluidity, but at the same time being very grounded and being able to let go and create. So the, the combination of the two, sometimes you may see people dancing chaos as they're like, wow, and ecstatic and throwing themselves around. That's one version of chaos, but chaos can also be very mellow and solid. And you're just shaking your body's ways of sh- releasing, creating, and being able to let go of the things you no longer need, the things in the body that, that holds you back. And once you let go of all that, you find lyrical, the rhythm of joy, the rhythm of space, like having space inside yourself and just the lightness is like, it's not about this fake happiness, but it's about feeling the joy from inside, coming from the belly, that laughter that comes from the belly. And then you come into stillness, which is a meditative place where it's everything and nothing at once. Stillness is where all possibility can happen. It's all the rhythms and it's everything at once and nothing at all so that's a brief version of the the five rhythms and for people that
0: haven't actually done it to put a little more context it's actually a practice that's done in silence there's wonderful music but there's no talking it's barefoot so that you can really connect with the floor through your body it's a sober experience and while there are classes that may focus on a rhythm typically the thing that we call sweat your prayers is you go through the five rhythms from one to the next the music will lead you based on what it is so staccato as you can imagine has really strong beats chaos can be anything stillness is very soothing music and then the practice that i did we actually did two hours so one full hour through the five rhythms and another full hour and it it takes you through all of these things that sylvia is talking about so it's this build up this crescendo of chaos that can be huge. I've screamed, I've sobbed, I've sat still. It's whatever feels real at the moment. And then it gets integrated through to the stillness at the end. It's this just massive energetic process and release and integration all in a beautiful workout. I used to call it a cheap therapy session with a workout because to me, it really did feel like therapy. I learned while I'd be dancing all of a sudden I'd have ahas. I don't know where they came from, but they just shot into my mind or into my body. And I also, before we started recording, I told Sylvia, I wrote down a few things on what five rhythms did to me. And I'll just share a few of these things now to give you a sense of what is possible through dance. I eliminated inhibition. Okay, maybe I didn't eliminate, but I really have very little inhibition at this point. I will try pretty much anything in front of anyone at any time. I have learned to accept support in beautiful ways. As I was having some challenging times on the floor, I would often be surrounded and often be surrounded by men. They really were very tuned in on the floor. They would just be there holding space for me. And to feel that support in that way from men was magnificent. We've talked about getting out of my head. It is a a free flowing of emotions. So I learned, again, I don't know why I'm feeling this. I came into the class happy, and now I need to scream in immense anger. Okay, I'm screaming in immense anger. And then as soon as that's gone, the next minute, I'm sobbing. And there's no attachment to why am I angry? I shouldn't scream. It's I need to scream. I scream. I move on. And it's just this easeful experience of emotions. There's no story to it. There's no attachment to it. It just moves through, and it goes. And it's just been such a beautiful lesson for all of my life. I'm curious, what are some of the biggest life changes or lessons that you've gotten through dance?
1: There's quite a few, but I think one of the biggest one in when I first started dancing, When you were talking about screaming and emotions. I was one of those people who, I'm a nice young woman at the time. (laughs) That was like, this was 25, 30 years ago where I didn't get mad. I was like, I was told to never get mad. And so, and then when I started dancing, I felt like, oh my God, I had this rage inside of me that felt a little scary. I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this rage? What happened to the nice young person I was supposed to be? But when I found a safe place on the dance floor to release some of that anger, like you say, it didn't even need to have a story. Like, that's the beautiful thing about it. So the story is what gets us connected to the to the emotions in a way that we can't let go. When we separate the story from whatever emotion it is, like, I was just able to let go of this rage that's been inside my body for so long and I didn't know I didn't know I was an angry person and suddenly when I was able to let that go it felt so so free I found freedom within this the, the rhythms because I didn't have to carry things around that I didn't know long, that I didn't even know I was carrying I was carrying so much trauma so much fear so much anger And there was no room for joy. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll smile, I'll laugh. But there was no room for that real joy I was talking to you about. And I find that moving through the emotions to me was so healing. Another workshop called Cycles, where you move through the the, the different parts of your life, like all the things in childhood and teenage years and adulthood. So just kind of reliving my life with a new pair of eyes and a new perspective as I'm moving through the body rather than through the mind again, through the stories of what I thought was happening. My body knew the stories. My body knew what was real and what was not. And to see things differently and to think, oh, I thought this was what was going on the whole time and it wasn't. Or to think like, oh yeah, that happened, but how can I just let that go in a different way? Not just from the head. Because I try to let go from the head, and the head just keeps going back, and <laughs> you know, it's like it just doesn't stop sometimes. But because it's still in the body, and once I find that I can let go of the body, and I can really liberate myself, the thing about this, the rhythms and, and conscious dance is that it's not just physical; it's physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Like it also allows me connect to connect to the community, to the people to something bigger than myself. All these rhythms have so much richness and medicine and healing. Um, and for somebody like me who didn't even think I could move and was not flexible, and now I'm like so passionate about it, it can change. They can change us for many levels. So. Ditto what you were saying about all the things that you wrote down. I, I feel the same way. In mentioning the joy, I had a teacher who talked
0: about joy being the matriarch of emotions, and she will not enter a house where the rest of her children, the other emotions are not welcome. And it's, it's basically what you're saying, that the joy yeah, yeah. wasn't there because the anger wasn't being acknowledged. And the reason I want to focus on that is when you talked about the anger, you talked about what I heard was almost shoulds. And I think, again, coming back to, especially as women, the way we're raised, and again, I'm going to talk about the U.S., other cultures have different traditions and past, and so I can't generalize to everybody, but that we are told how we, quote, unquote, should be a good girl, a nice girl, a good student, a good daughter, a good whatever, mother, sister, all of these things. And I understand that men have pressures as well. I'm not saying it's only women and poor us. I'm just talking about the female condition at this point. And so all of those shoulds weigh on us that we are not allowed to be who we are naturally. Nope. Get rid of that part. Should this. Get rid of this part. Should that. And so I think that's where some of that rage comes from, at least this is my own story. Maybe it's different for you. That rage of being either truly told what to do or conditioned, whether it was actually said or not, this is the expectation, that the rage comes up. And so I, I can imagine that many people who are listening to this hold that rage and we're not even aware that it's there because it's been hidden for so long under, I'm just gonna be a good person and a good citizen and a good daughter. And you don't even realize how much is hidden there. So it's magnificent that you were able to tap into it and get that path
1: to release. And not only are we not we're told what to do, we're also told not to speak up, yeah, not to express. And not to be ourselves, right? And it's like, so it's not just going one way. It's also suppressing everything that's supposed to be not right, right? It's like, whose idea of right is like, who idea, whose idea is what's right and what's wrong, right? There's always somebody that thinks they have the power to tell you what is right. And I think I love your podcast because it's like, I get to say what's right for me. You don't get to say what's right for me. And I get to say it. I get to express it. I get to... Show it to the world. I get to show it to my daughter. I get to be an example rather than being told how to be and and to be quiet, right? Woohoo!
0: Hell yes (laughs) to that. I usually leave this to the last question, but since you brought it up, my one consistent question on every one of my podcasts is What is your brag? Because to your point, women, again, have been told don't brag, don't boast. Be quiet, be humble, all of this nonsense. And I've had it. I think we've all had it. And we're pushing it to the side. And I know you have a lot to brag about. So <laughs> what's one thing you would like to brag about with us?
1: I say the one thing I like to brag about the most is being able to go through I was born in Vietnam. I was born in the middle of the Vietnam War. And I, I was lucky enough that my mother was not as traditional than other Vietnamese family, but it's a very disruptive time, as you know. And to leave your country and to not know where your home is, like to kind of just wander for a while and, and and to go like and losing your home. And so the idea, and I think it's really important right now for a lot of people that this is happening to. And that's why I'm bringing that up. The idea that you're able to go through that and going through all the things you're not supposed to do and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and all these things And to be able to find myself and find my own voice, my own dance, my own work, and to be able to bring this to the world, to to bring this to other women, other men, other people, to bring this to the queer community, the transgender community. My work is bringing this to the prisons, the veterans, people who can't see, people who can't stand. So I'm really proud that I was able to take something And also something that people thought, oh, you can't make money with dance. Like, what are you doing? Go get a job that you can make money, that you have a pension and you can retire with lots of safety nets and things like that. And I just said, I have a calling. I have, I want to follow my heart. I want to follow my spirit. I want to follow my soul. I want to follow the things that makes me happy. I want to follow the things that, that feeds my soul, that feeds my heart. And I'm able to do that in this moment in time, and I want to continue doing that. And so that, I feel like to me, is my biggest accomplishment, my biggest brag that I came from a place that no way I could have imagined where my life is today, if you ask me, even Twenty years ago, like when I first started dancing, is like, oh yeah, this is this is this, this feels me. But I, what am I going to do with this? But I don't care. I was twenty nine years old. I went to a ballet class. Everybody was been dancing since they were five, you know? and I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. It makes me feel good. So sometimes the things that makes us feel good are the things that nourishes us. And yeah, follow the things that bring us joy. Um, wow.
0: Yeah. I mean a magnificent brag and such wisdom. I'm just gonna start with the wisdom and work backwards because so many people, including myself over the years and even a little bit now, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners, we wanna find more meaning, we wanna find more fulfillment and freedom to do what we're meant to do in the world. We wanna find this path that's more meaningful, that fills our soul, that feels like it's more of a, a purpose and yet we don't know what that thing is. And I think you bring up a fantastic point that it's follow your joy. Just take one step forward, take that ballet class or whatever it is for you and then see what's next and then what's next and then what's next instead of waiting for the final answer, because there's never going to be a final answer it's always going to continuously evolve. And I'm almost teaching myself as I'm saying these words because I'm waiting for myself right now. I'm not sure what I want to truly offer, what I want to sell, what my business is going to be but your wisdom is wonderful. It's take that first step forward and then see what continues to go from there. And then backing up, I just want to honor you for not only just coming over as an immigrant, but to come over after going through that war and then deal with also not only understanding where we are and and fitting into a new country, but I never thought about the fact that you have shoulds then from both cultures. You have the shoulds from your family of origin and your country. And then coming over here, obviously as an immigrant, probably even more anxiously wanting to fit in because this is your new place. I know if you came over when you're young, there's often this, I wanna fit in, I wanna be like other people. Often adults are maybe not as worried about that. So then to have to get both levels of should and to be able to break free from all of that and to see what you have created. And the other big kudos is that, You did make a living from dance and in a very expensive place. You live in the Bay Area. It's one of the most expensive places in the country, if not the world, to live. And here you are doing it. And I also what you didn't say and I want to mention is that this was no small thing. I mean, Sylvie had a practice going for years and years. It was one of the biggest ones in the Bay Area with people that would show up week after week because they had to dance with Sylvie, with her music, with the space that she held. And she created a nonprofit, Syzygy, which she just briefly touched on, that then reaches a much bigger population. So I want to focus actually on that piece now. Can you share a bit about how that organization came to fruition?
1: A Syzygy dance project, it was one of those, again, I was just, you know, teaching and I've always wanted to teach the people. I was always looking for the people who didn't have the opportunities. And I live, as you mentioned, in Marin, where most people have opportunities. And so when Gabrielle Roth had her cancer come back the second time, I had Tracy Chapman's song, If Not Now, Then When, running through my head going like, if not now, then when? So I started to announce in my classes and saying that I want to bring this work to hospitals, to institutions, to jails. And I want to offer this to the people who can't come to me, who can't afford to come to me, who are locked up and can't, but they, they need dance like we do and even more. So the people from my class just started to say, hey, I know somebody that is in the San Francisco County Jail that runs a program there. Someone works with the hospital. Someone that I met worked at the VA uh, I worked with a long time ago. So I just started reaching out and say hey i want to do it and so they say come on in and then someone who was again in my class saying you know what i'll help you put a nonprofit together i'm like you got to be kidding so so first <laughs> i don't dance be here right and now i don't do paperwork i hate paperwork like if i have to fill out simple form that's as much as my name my address i'm good but <laughs> you know nonprofit hundreds of pages sure she's like i'm going to do it all i'm like wow okay go for it. And I think because I want to reiterate back to that following is like, you just take the risk. You just say, I don't care what people think. It's like like you were talking like, that, yeah, there's this culture that says you should do this. And this culture say you can't do that. And you're like, you're all mixed up inside. And so at this point, I just like, no, I'm going to do what feels right. And all of a sudden, I put myself out there. I said, to my class. This is what I want to do. And so people just came together. And so that's that was 2010. We've been doing classes in the San Francisco County Jail, uh, Dublin Federal Facility. I, I'm still working with veterans now because with COVID and everything, and, and they've got different regulations. But I'm working with blind veterans right now, veterans with mental illness. I'm working with the elderly. I work with women in addiction, men in addiction. So sometimes it's there are different types of programs. I bring it to people with diabetes, people with a chronic illness. So it's just, I work with at-risk use and this idea of being able to give back to to people who didn't know they they could dance, <laughs> didn't know that they could find freedom inside their body. I come into class and people are just kind of sometimes with their arms crossed and resistant to dancing because they think of dancing as like that people have to have rhythm. They're, they got their arms crossed and they're kind of have this attitude and I come in there and I just... start to guide them, put a song with a beat on it. And all of a sudden their head starts nodding and their (laughs) foot starts tapping and they start to sway. And all of a sudden they're like arms open, jumping up and down, or even swaying. Sometimes if they're just swaying a little bit, it's as much, it's more movement than they've ever had. And so the idea of bringing just even a little bit of movement to people is really rewarding for me. So it's, to me, it's always a a a give and take, a a receiving and offering. It's never like, oh, I'm the teacher. I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you feel better. It's never about that. It's about how do we move with each other? It's about how is this, this is an exchange of energy here. This is what I've done see if that works. And you're, so you're moving. So, so that comes back to me. And so this comes back into the, you were talking about the meaning. Like I was, I used to, when I was younger, I was always looking for like, what's the meaning of life? Like, I want to know what the meaning of life is. Like, tell me what the meaning of life is. I majored in psychology and philosophy. I mean, I majored in all the majors, you know, to figure out what the meaning (laughs) of life was. And then it dawned on me is that like, if I give life, my life meaning, then that makes up for all of it, right? Every experience in my life has meaning and every experience in my life, led me up to here. I was a, I'm able to work with veterans because I grew up in Noir. I was able to work with people in addiction because I've gone through my own recovery. I'm able to work with people with chronic illness because I have a chronic illness. So all these things that were supposed to be things that were trauma to me have become a, a gift for me to help others. And that's where the meaning of life is for me, is finding meaning in my life. Rather than looking for it out there, right? Wow. Poof. Yeah. That was some big
0: wisdom you just
1: dropped there.
0: It, two things. One is I never really thought about if we're looking for the meaning in life, it is the meaning that we give to life that is the meaning of life. I mean, it's that simple. I almost I pictured a big check mark in my head, like, okay, we figured that out. <laughs> but it's not this massive mystery. It is basically what we want it to mean, what we create it to mean is the meaning. And then I just love that you took these things that you could look at as horrific and not saying that they weren't horrific, but that you then found a way. We've said in the past year that your mess becomes your mission or your magic or your message, and that you did that with so many different populations, with every aspect of your life, from childhood and the war to addiction years later, it seems like everything that comes up that seems like a challenge that you're offered, you're like, okay, how am I going to turn this one around? And it almost seems like, I don't know what you're like in the moment, but I just have this sense that even in the moment, there's probably a glimmer of, I'm going to turn this into something one day. I volunteered with the Women in Addiction program that you offered before covid And like you said, it was just magical to see. Some people were excited from the beginning, but there were other people like, nope, I'm not doing this. And within about an hour, they were up and they were doing it and everybody was having fun. And you could tell that many of these women had very challenging lives. And yet this gave them the space to laugh, to express. If they're homeless, they're not about to go out dancing and calling attention to themselves because being a homeless woman is is pretty risky. And then to have this space that they can fling their arms around and laugh and be themselves and not have to worry about their safety was just amazing to watch. And teaching, it wasn't dance in the way people may be thinking, like again, these weren't routines, it was movement. And yeah, it was definitely dancing going on. But each program, I imagine, is very different. Obviously, if somebody's blind or sitting or all these things, how did you? figure out even what to offer to all of them. Did you just intuitively know here's what I think is best for these different audiences?
1: Yes, I intuitively knew and also I trusted my body. Like my body would teach me Like how do I move inside my body if I had a back pain and I can't stand up, if I have to move from the floor, if I have to move from the chair, right? If I couldn't see. So, so there's something that I teach in my trainings is that it's called attunement. So the more you're attuned, to the other person. It's like meeting them where they're they are and in at the same and then guiding them forward rather than just mirroring somebody or or trying to teach them something. It's like, okay, so this is how much you can only move a little bit on your shoulders can only move a little bit. So how can I help you if I can feel how tense your shoulders are, then maybe I can help you move through it because I've learned how to move things through my body. So that attunement is really important. Um, in how to help different populations move. And some of them is by just like, <laughs> some days I am standing in front of a group. They, I, they, they're they not moving no matter what, like in these populations. And I, I pray, I say, God, help me now. <laughs> and something always shows up because I've I've also cultivated a trust within myself and within a bigger realm. I choose to call God and i believe in all gods i don't have a sp- 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 particular religion that i my grandma took me to temple my mom took me to the catholic church so i had a mix of things but i believe that i can trust in the process also i can trust that i've been doing this i've have so so by trusting myself and by trusting that these at these moments of like revelations, I guess I call them, because I don't know what they are. It's like, all of a sudden, I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, I know what to do will help me with each population. And those when the classes are the hardest, when the people are the ones who are not moving, those are the times where I start to find new exercises and new ways. And I find that because I'm asking people to get out of their comfort zone, right? I'm asking people that have not moved, that don't want to be in their body to move so that's outside their comfort zone so i'm also having to be outside my comfort zone it's like i can't just say oh yeah you guys do the outside the comfort zone but i'm just going to do what I, what i'm comfortable with it doesn't work that way and so i think when people um, see that you're real with them they're more willing to to work with you and so again each population have their own way but there's also a threat that's very common there's certain exercises that work with all the populations and I was talking about attunement and attunement is also energetic so if you're in a wheelchair and you can't move very much but the energy inside of you still flows right so somebody can be standing up moving big and doing all kinds of chaos but if the energy inside of them is not moving and their hands are just waving and it's not really the spirit or that's moving, that's going to be a very different feeling than someone who is connected to their energy and they're moving. So for people who can't move, I use the energy. I, I help them find that internal movement. And even if they wiggle their fingers, that's enough movement for them that sometimes that's more than they've ever done. So I've had people in walkers like get up and dance and the nurses go like, what is he doing? He doesn't have a hip. How can he go dancing? And he's, they're chasing him around because there's the energy. There's energy inside of him. It's not just about the body. It's the energy inside the body that kind of like, Hey, he can actually move more than you think. And a lot of times I go to the nursing homes and so many of the people can move a lot more than the nurses and the doctors say they can. Like. You know, I see it over and over again. Like people have pain. Like we're not going to push the place that's painful, but the rest of the body. So anyway, I try to see what's moving and I I meet them there and then I and I move it. I guide them with it to find, to expand the movement a little bit more. And the energetic is the, the most important part. Wow. And that's but it, it's it is also a gift that you
0: have. I think we can underplay it and just say, well, I just intuitively figured out my body, but I think it is also truly a gift that you were able to figure out how to create these programs for all these different audiences. And I also want to reinforce some messages that you brought up that really are the hell yes way that you didn't think your way out, right? You were in this challenging situation of, I don't know how to get these people to move. And you didn't just go to, let me go through and, and stick in my head and think. You first went into your body and thought, do I have an intuitive answer? And if you don't have the intuitive answer, then you're reaching out for an answer from a bigger you instead of what is it that I should be doing at this point? It's what feels right in this moment. And then Mm. you go from there. And the other one that you talked about was the comfort zone, because to live a hell yes, we are constantly going out of our comfort zones. That's just what's going to happen. And it can be scary. I mean, getting out of our comfort zone is always going to be scary. That's what it is. You're out of comfort. But I also like the idea that not just in this situation, but When people can see that you're out of your comfort zone, they are probably going to meet you with more kindness. If you're a speaker, your first time speaking on stage and you're a little nervous, I don't think people are going to heckle you. They're going to be patient and let you work your way through knowing that kind of a thing. And so to understand that when you're awkward and nervous, maybe even just acknowledging it with people and say, hey, this is my first time. Let's play a game. And every time I mess up, we clap or I don't know, just enjoy it. And look at life as an experiment. On that, and some of this wisdom that you've been sharing, the last question is Five Rhythms is not everywhere, and it may not even be for everyone. It's a very specific practice. But for people that are listening who want to get more in their body, who want to try movement, who want to try dance in this free form way. So, again, we're not talking about just going to a club, we're not talking about choreography, we're talking about in your living room by yourself or I actually love doing it in nature. I have my favorite tree that I dance under or a beach. So, for people around the country, around the world who don't have access to five rhythms, maybe they don't really, not even really drawn to five rhythms specifically the way we're talking about it, but do want to get more in their body, do want to get more movement and dance. What would be your? suggestion for them on how they can start something on their own
1: especially if there's not conscious dance classes around them I think there is a lot of videos now on YouTube videos of different types of dance different types of movement I think there's so much especially after covid is that I think people have gotten so much on online that you can get and the other thing I would start is play a song that makes you happy <laughs> and just start to see what your body wants to do and if it's like, do it in your own living room, in yourself, or even in the chair. It's like sometimes I find that the idea of having to stand up makes it feel like oh, I'm dancing. But even like putting putting your one of your favorite song and tapping and just notice what does your shoulder do, what does your neck do, what does your hips want to do, and just even start it from the chair, and then you might want to get up after afterwards. I have somebody come into my Zoom class. It's through her workday. And she's working, and she puts me on her her headphones, and she works while I'm talking and we're dancing with other people, but she's on her chair moving. So it can be done in any way we want. So I think for people who just would like to explore to be more in your body, find one of your one or two of your favorite songs and see how it makes you want to move, and see what happens from there. Um. But there's also a lot of resources online also, if you want a little bit more guidance. And and there's a lot of practitioners who do one-on-one. I also do that one-on-one with people who want to just explore it, who can't explore it on their own and want to do it through Zoom and, and they don't feel like they're in the safety of their own home. There's also that.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. So if you're looking on YouTube, it could be Five Rhythms or you could look up Conscious Dance. Freeform dance. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been such a pleasure and an honor. You're a dance icon in the Bay Area and to be able to connect with you and to share your story has been absolutely magical and I'm so excited to get it out into the world.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: And if people want to connect with you and learn more about you and your work or possibly even book a one-on-one session, what's
1: the easiest way to connect with you? It's through my website. It's syzygy, S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y. It actually means the connection between the earth, moon, and sun. And we use it as a the relationship between mind, body, and spirit. So it's syzygydanceproject.org. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I'm honored to have had you along for the ride. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Hell Yes Life, please tell your friends and followers. We have the chance to inspire others. Let's make this a global movement of women living life how they want, tossing should to the curb. And until next time, stay brave and true to your hell yes.